Welcome to 12 Minutes of Dauntless Commentary on Widely Unaccepted Truth from God's Word. Hang on to your Bible. I am Elsie Breeden, and this is Audaciously Unpopular. We all have certain qualities that make us recognizable. We have differences about us that make us stand out. It might be our hair, our style of clothing, our accent, our vocabulary, our mannerisms, different skills that we have, different interests that we have. There are unique things that we are known for. Some of us may be known for the weird things we collect or our habits or the different things that we can do, our craftiness, whatever. Um... There's adjectives that describe us as people, things that make us different than others. Tall, short, sweet, quick-tempered, emotional, hardworking. There's different things that make us stick out, that make us recognizable as who we are. We all have different ways to describe a certain person that we know, and it makes us recognize them. A lot of these qualities are physical attributes because it's how we recognize someone in another situation. Maybe we're used to seeing someone at church, but we see them in the grocery store and we recognize who they are. Most of us want to be identified in positive ways. Maybe it's even something that we take pride in. This is who I am. This is my personality, my thought process, my habits, my decisions, my likes and my dislikes. This is me. This is who I am. This is how people know me. This is how they recognize me. However, all of these things we've just talked about, although they are very accurate in physical life, this is not the biblical apex of our identity. This is not all we are to be known for. In, in John chapter 3, Jesus says that we must be born again. So the person that we are now, the person that we are before Christ, is not to stay that way. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that when we are in Christ, that we become a new creation. The old man passes away with the lusts and the desires of the flesh are now supposed to be gone as we are crucified with Christ. And we become a new creation, a new person, if you will, with a new identity. Not reformed but reborn. It's not who I once was. And this process begins at salvation and it continues through a transformation of who we are by renewing our mind with the word of God. That's mentioned in Romans chapter 12, verse two. So this transformation is a process and it begins at salvation. Yes. And we become a new person. But just as we developed habits and likes and dislikes, as we grew up and matured physically, So those things process as we grow and mature spiritually. We grow in our convictions. We grow in our knowledge of the word. We grow in our knowledge of God into the fullness of God. And so our destiny as believers is to become like Christ. And as always less, this process always means less of me, less of my habits, less of my processes, less of my personality, less of my likes and dislikes, and more of his so that we transform from how we are recognized and how we are known into how is he known how is he recognized in me there's a quote by cc winans that we heard last year at the dev awards and i made note of it because it just resonated with me and cc winans said i want to be just like him i want him to change me so much that I can't even 
recognize myself. Now, when you first hear that, you might say, oh, that's great. Yeah, I can pray that way. But I want you to think about that for a second. That that prayer, I want him to change me so much that I can't even recognize myself. Our identity and our self-esteem and our self-worth is something that every single one of us holds very close. It matters to us. It matters how we perceive ourselves. It matters to us how others perceive us. It matters if how we are recognized, how we are known. There's even conversations that we engage in in what do you want on your tombstone or how do you want people to remember you after you're gone? Because these things are important to us. And this thought, this idea of being changed so much that not only do not do other people not recognize me, but I don't even know myself anymore because I'm not like I used to be. And I don't think the way that I used to think. And I don't process the way that I used to, to, to do stuff. And I don't handle things the same way. And I don't talk to people in the same way that I used to. But I want to be so changed. I want him to change me so much that I don't even know myself. That I'm not even looking for myself anymore. But I'm looking for him and his ways through me. Paul said, I die daily. I crucify the flesh. And that it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I wonder how many of us are willing to go to that place. How many of us are willing to just lay down everything that we think we want and our likes and our dislikes and how we want the world to go and how we want the family to act and all of these things. How many of us are willing to actually lay down our own identity to the point that we're not even recognizable to ourselves and we don't even know us? We don't even know what we want. We don't know our, our, our likes or our dislikes or our, or our favorite things or our decisions or how we get to somewhere. We don't even know those things because we're so different, because we're so filled with the mind of Christ, because his heart is what governs us. And it's no longer about what we want, but it's about what he wants. And we're no longer trying to get to that autonomy ourselves, to that place where we have the authority and the independence, but we're in the place of complete dependence on him how many of us are willing to actually go to that place of losing our identity of changing to the point that we don't even know ourselves anymore but that he has so completely transformed us that we recognize him that is that is a hard thing and yes on one side of it it's like yes i want to do that but on the other side of that you're looking at a process of a lifetime of over and over and over again, the same lessons over and over again, because maybe you're not like me, but I'm hard-headed in some things, and I'm impatient in some things, and these are qualities that I see about myself that are recognizable as me. That's who I am, but that's not who he is, and so I see these places in my life that I can still recognize me. I can still see me, and that gives me room to grow and that convicts and challenges my heart that there's still me I can still see me when I look at me and that means the process is not complete that means there's still room for me to decrease and him to increase and so my prayer that he would keep working on me 
that he would never let go, that he would never give up until I am made in the image of Christ, until I'm conformed fully into his image, until I reflect him, until I'm no longer recognized as me. But when I look, I recognize him. And when others look at me, they recognize him because it's not about me anyway. It's not about if someone appreciates me or if my name is on lights or if I get to stand on stage. It's not about those things, but whether or not people see Jesus. I don't care if they recognize me, but I want them to recognize Jesus. There's a beautiful story in Acts chapter 4 when Peter and John are arrested and brought before the council. And in verse 13, it says, Now as they observed the confidence of Peter and John and understood that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and began to recognize them as having been with Jesus. That is the goal, to be recognized as having been with Jesus. When Moses encountered the glory of the Lord on the mount and he came down and the people couldn't even look at him because they recognized that he had been in the presence of the Lord. That is what I want people to see. That is that should be our desire as Christians to not be recognized as with our talents or our personality or whatever we like or dislike about ourselves, but that we should be recognized as having been in the presence of the Lord, as having hung out with Jesus. Because I promise you, when you start hanging out with him, the more you hang out with him, the more you will reflect him and the more people will be able to recognize Jesus instead of you. One closing thought about this idea of being unrecognizable. When Jesus bore our sins on the cross, part of the physical trauma that he went through was that he was beaten beyond recognition. He was tortured beyond recognition. And spiritually, he took the wrath of God. He took that on himself. The wrath of God that was coming for me, he took And so his body was unrecognizable because he, as the sinless son of God, took my sin. He became unrecognizable as the son of God. The father turned his face away because that sin separated him. And in that moment, God poured all of his wrath for all people in all time on the son of God, making him unrecognizable in that second so that all of us could be recognized as a child of God. So why would I want to cling to that old man? Why would I want to cling to that identity? Yes, it's what I grew up with. Yes, it's what I'm the most familiar with. But it is also what put Jesus on the cross. That old man, destined for the wrath of God, deserving of the wrath of God, until Jesus stepped in and took my place, became unrecognizable in that moment so that I could be recognized as having hung out with Jesus, as having known him as my personal savior. So our prayer as Christians, as children of God, God, don't let me be recognized by my skills, by my talents, by my decisions, even by my personality. But when people walk by, let them recognize Jesus. Let them recognize the love of Jesus. Let them recognize the righteousness of Jesus that I am now clothed in. Let me walk in Jesus. Let me walk in his identity. Let me be portrayed as his. Let me be unrecognizable as myself, but recognized as a child of God. 